Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. It's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, you with MJ. Welcome to another Coaches Panel 50 Most Relevant Podcast, talking about the Geelong Cat mid-forward Sam Menegola. Premium forward, top five rank pretty much across the board. But there are still plenty of question marks and things to talk about, Sam. Helping me talk about him today from the coaches panel, I've got Ben on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, mate. Going very well. This is going to be an exciting chat. It's a, a real fascinating player to talk about. It's his third AFL club, but his third year completion at Geelong and three seasons of playing at the AFL level. And crazily enough, he's still just 26 years old. Last year... He put on some massive, massive scores for us and was a, a huge forward for us. 126 against the Hawks was his best AFL fantasy and dream team score, while for Supercoach, his best score came against the Tigers. It was a 144. In Supercoach, he did manage to flat out average right on the 100 marker while just falling short at 98.6 in AFL fantasy and dream team. In those two formats, he's going to set you back just over 700000 while he's cheaper in Supercoach, $543,100. As, as a player, Sam's actually a really perfect player for the Geelong Football Club. He's a ferocious tackler who isn't afraid to get in and under and, and win the contested ball. He's also one of the club's most more elite runners and has shown at the same time He's also more than capable of duking a couple of overhead grabs and impacting the scoreboard, whether it be from his work outside of 50 or be a damaging forward option inside forward 50. Before we even look at his fantasy numbers, Ben, he's just one of those players that Geelong have kind of done it again. I know he's been in the league list for a number of years, but a la Tim Kelly, you know, 12 months ago, and now, yes, it's his fourth year at the club, but... Geelong just keep finding a way of these incredible players that add to their midfield dynamic, add to their forward dynamic. He's really a talented player, is Sam Menegola. Absolutely. I mean, this is the third club he's been at, and he failed the first two clubs. So whatever they've done at Geelong, training-wise and development, they've absolutely nailed it because, you know, Sam is a fantastic footballer and he's really been, um, I mean, essential to Geelong's you know, potential flag hopes. And we look at just a bare, a bare basic look at his statistics. He's a an on bowler, a guy that, you know, wins most of his ball through the midfield and he's averaged nearly a goal per game. Mm. Um, and that's that's truly outstanding. So, look, uh, Geelong have another brilliant on bowler here and um, he'll be an, a guy that at the age of just 26, he's got, you know, two, three, four years left, especially if he retains forward status where he will be fantasy relevant for us. Yeah, I think so. It was a bit of a slow start, though, for coaches that started with Sam. He just had scores of 69 and 50 for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and, and 74 and 57 in Supercoach. And, and if you started with him, chances were at that point you're like, oh, he, he's not getting the midfield time. Gary Ablett coming into the side, it's impacted his role. And, and at that point on, I know a number of coaches traded him out of their side, fearing that you know, those year, the year before where he averaged 95 in Fantasy and Dream Team and 99 in Supercoach, it was just a flash in the pan. And now he was going to be that defensive forward. And they kind of moved him on. 
However, that's where sometimes, and hindsight's a beautiful illustrator of it, but sometimes we do need to be patient with our premiums because the next three matches, he scored 120, 118, and 103 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and 128, 129, and 121 for Supercoach. Uh, Across the entire 2018 campaign, he averaged 98.6 in Fantasy and Dream Team, 12 tons, five of them over 120, while in Supercoach, he averaged 100 with 13 tons and six over 120. These are certainly strong numbers, but um, astute fantasy coaches will have probably taken special note of how he ended the year. And after having some games where he sent, spent more midfield minutes than others and other games where he spent more forward time than he did others, um, he started to find that right role where he got that perfect balance of midfield minutes and, and possessions won there and enough time forward where he's a damaging option while also being used as an option to rest. Over his final six matches of the year, he scored 115, 97, 112, 126, 98 and 103 at an average of 108 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. And for Supercoach, he scored 114, 100, 144, 119, 112 and 112 and an average of 116. Um, those kind of numbers are one of the best scoring forwards going around. And Geelong, yeah, they've come out and said it multiple times last year. They did take plenty of time getting that midfield roles right and getting that midfield balance right. And while Sam's numbers were, I don't know, similar enough to what he did the year before, it certainly felt like late in the year he got that role from a fantasy perspective and from a footballing perspective just right. Yeah, he was pretty damn good, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, we the other thing that you you didn't mention was across the past two seasons, including finals, he's he's scored 120 or more in Dream Team in 11 of the last 45 appearances. So yeah. nearly nearly every fourth game, he's scoring 120, which honestly, as a forward, that is an extraordinary total. Um, and you see, the other thing you've got to take into account with him we've spoken about this numerous times throughout this um top 50 is the fact that there's some players in the afl that are capable of taking the big prizes either Mm. away for you away from you or pushing you closer to them very very quickly and menegola with his scoring capacity especially that ability to you know hit the scoreboard as well as gather his you know 25 to 30 touches per game um he's one of those players so Really, I, I think when it comes to fantasy, whether that's AFL fantasy, Dream Team or Supercoach, he is a, a person that if you don't start with him, he will be one of the primary upgrade targets. I know that um, people that did purchase, uh, did grab him last year were very, very happy with his returns, especially on the run home. So, uh, look, with the inclusion of Luke Dalhouse, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a second, um, it creates an interesting uh, topic of discussion whether we see his his uh, scoring go up or down. But one thing's for certain is that when this guy's out on the field, he has a way of finding the ball. Yeah, he certainly does. As you're right, there there are some question marks still pertaining to Sam Menegola. And again, not so much about him, but the players around him and ha- and how Scott chooses to use them at his coaching disposal. Over the preseason, they've gone and recruited Luke Dalhouse, who, while, yes, a, a noted and premiership Bulldog midfielder, really started his craft 
as a pressure forward who was then able to impact the scoreboard. And that was one of the reasons why Geelong chose to go after him as a free agent. Yes, he'll still pick up some midfield minutes, but I think that's one of the factors. And then a, a Gary Rowan as well, um, who, who can add some X factor, add some defensive pressure and a little bit of line-breaking speed through that forward 50 dynamic. And, and even the fact Link McCarthy's now finds himself at the Bulldogs as a, that small pressure forward. I don't see them using Sam as a pressure forward per se, but it's still so difficult to, to manage all the midfielders they want to roll through there. They're going to want Duncan. Selwood, both of them, when they're fit, are inside their best 22. Then you've got, arguably, the best midfielder in the league in Patrick Dangerfield. Um, Duncan wants to get through there. Um, Parfit um, needs to get some more midfield time. At Lockie Fogarty is more than deserving of a spot inside that 22. And so it's going to start to become this interesting mix and match again for Geelong. And then the little goat himself, Gary Ablett, certainly deserves midfield time, even at the age of 73. And, and so... How they choose to structure up again, that's the big question mark. And for me personally, I'm keen on your take. For me, that's what kind of turns me away from starting him because I still think he's a top six forward across the formats. I just don't know if not starting him is going to hurt me as much. Your take? Well, I think the um, the discussion of whether to start him or not uh, probably has to also preside in the fact that he did have a knee surgery this preseason yeah. as well. So... That's something that you know has detracted from his preseason. I think he's still he returned this January, so he should be fine. But um, look, there are a lot of different players that run through that midfield. There are a lot of different players that run through many midfields. Um, increasingly, we we come to see midfielders be, as being a, a primary position because a lot of these midfielders get so much of the ball and are so intel so intelligent with ball in hand that they can often play a, a number of different roles, whether that's forward or, or in defence. So I think you'll find with a lot of those those midfielders that, uh, you know, potentially go, they're going to take a rotation or two, but there's going to be very few of them that actually demand to be in that role for the full time uh, for the full game time. So someone like Menegola, who throughout his career has split his time through forward and midfield, possibly he gets a rotation or two less um, this time around in the midfield. But at the same time, as a as the coaching staff, you don't want to completely change a player's role when they've been so successful in that role. So I think it would be highly unlikely and possibly even bordering on poor coaching to suddenly change Menegola's role to something he hasn't performed um, in the past, whether that be a uh, pressure for, uh, forward, as you indicate. So, look, you've got you to add in all these different things. I know we were looking back 12 months ago. We thought Gary Ablett coming in, that means Menegola is not going to get any midfield time. But uh, realistically, it normally just means the difference between a few rotations per quarter at maximum um, and so if we, we keep that in mind, we might be less inclined to make a very um, abrupt decision when it comes to where we expect each player to play. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I guess the other factor is, are there players cheaper than him 
likely to go over and above his seasonal average. Most would agree that across all formats, it, it would take something special to knock Dangerfield as the number one forward out of contention. There's still some conversation about Devin Smith, and I wonder if he makes the 50 most relevant. But one of the players we have talked about um, was a, someone like a Josh Dunkley, who's got this huge, crazy fantasy ceiling. Um, McLean's the same. Gosh, you could even build a case that if things go right, Buddy Franklin, Isaac Heaney, who's also been in the 50 most relevant, uh, Justin West, Westhoff. You know, there's there's so many guys that have probably big ceiling about them as well and big scoring potential. So maybe they're the better starting squad option, the guy that presents a little bit more value. Because while I do think Menes is going to be around that mid to high 90s seasonal average, maybe you could get a guy a little bit cheaper and, and get a little bit of value and, and upgrade to him at some point through the year. Look, it's a distinct possibility. I I am not going to say that Manigola shouldn't be starting in your team this yeah. year because I I definitely think that he's going to be a guy that at the end of the year I would be shocked if he's not in the top six forwards. And I think it's always a wise decision to get some somebody that you have that much uh, faith in. Um, having said that, there are some guys that possibly have more upside, whether that be due to their them being a bit more youthful, so possibly they're going to develop further, aka Josh Dunkley or an Isaac Haney or, or someone who might have had a couple more injuries during the 2018 season um, and possibly are undervalued for that reason. But at the end of the day, the, the good thing with Menegola now is that we've had 50 games of him performing as an elite forward and um, you know he's produced at 100 uh, essentially 100 average over his career. He scores 120 every fourth week on average. You know, you can't go too far wrong, whether that's in the starting team or as an upgrade target, he's going to be desirable um, come season's end. Yeah, I think so too. Look, right now for me, he's firmly is one of my first forward upgrade targets. Uh, isn't in any of my starting squads just yet, but like we've been talking about throughout this episode, there is so much good stuff and scoring potential and consistency and big hundreds available in Menegola. So if someone said to me, look, I'm going to start him, I'll be like, hey, great decision. Um, and you'll probably want to start him alongside another player in your hoops that's not named Tom Hawkins. Uh, let's talk about where we draft him because he's one of the few forwards across every single format that's capable of averaging 100. And so while I don't think he'll be the first forward off the board, um, he'll be one of the first five or six forwards that are off the board. And depending on how coaches choose to pick up forwards and what runs do or don't happen, he's likely to be your F1. Like if he's your F2, you're probably jumping really heavy on forwards. Um, where do you think he goes? I, I can see him going as early as the second round, but probably the third round's where I'd really love to get him. But I, I do think if you want to own him, you want to get in quick. Yeah, I I think I would be a little bit tentative to get him in the second round. Me too. Um, yeah, so in a perfect scenario, you pick up one of those elite ruck. If you've got a very early pick, you yep. pick up an elite ruck um, because there's there's two names that I don't need to touch on that are clearly above the rest. Or That's uh, Sinclair Lob, and, yeah. uh, you know, Lob, right? Yeah, Lob, yeah. That's yeah. the one, yeah. That's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, you'd want to get one of those guys and then you'd want to get another elite midfielder. There's yep. a lot of those midfielders that average 110. Third round, I'd feel I'd feel fairly comfortable with that. But mm. having stated that, when we 
forget in our last chat, we were just talking about the value. And Menegol is someone who doesn't necessarily have much value. He doesn't have a heap of upside. Yep. Uh, so I would possibly be more interested in trying to hang off one more round and maybe, you know, nabbing an Isaac Haney or someone that's a little bit younger who might have just as much uh, scoring potential. But having said that, you pick him up in the third round, you haven't done wrong. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. Look, there could be a really bullish Cats fan that jumps as early as the second round, and I do think that's too early. Um, the third round is where I think across all formats is going to be where his popular selection point Certainly is. Again, it depends on the different strategies and how people choose to go, but I'm pretty safe to say that um, at the end of the fifth round, there is not a chance in the world um, that Sam Menegola is still available on your draft boards, probably even at the end of the fourth round. This guy is clearly amongst the top handful of forwards this year, no matter the format you play. And if you pick him, it's certainly not going to be a bad selection, just maybe not as early as the second round. Hey, Ben, appreciate your thoughts today about him. Before we go, Keeper League, he's an interesting one. If he keeps this role of that kind of 70-30 split of midfield and forward time, he's going to continue to be one of the best forward options for us. And at mid-20s, he's not going anywhere in terms of his scoring dropping away anytime soon. Where yeah, do we rank him? Yeah, well, like a mid-20s is is an important point. The other factor is they have got an aging midfield. So Gary Ablett's not getting any younger. Shock and behold, um, Joel Selwood is another one that, that possibly will be slowing down in the next couple of years. So you think there's a possibility for an increased midfield role, whether that makes a huge difference or not remains to be seen. But I would I would be very happy to pick him up early. Having said that, the question then becomes, does he remain a forward-eligible player in years to come? And he is one of those guys that is borderline at the moment, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so whilst I would rate him very highly, you have to you have to phase that in because 100 forward is a lot more valuable than 100 midfielder these days. 100%, man. I don't disagree with that at all. I appreciate your thoughts on Sam Menegola. No, thank you, buddy. If you want to go and check out the article on Sam or any of the other players listed in the 50 most relevant so far, coachespanel.tv is where you can go to check that out. The links for our Patreon where you can get early access to these podcasts and some exclusive content. You can find the links at coachespanel.tv and via Spotify and iTunes is where you can get these podcasts. And if you're checking that out on iTunes, we'd love you to leave a five-star review and a little bit of a positive rating through that. Certainly helps other people find what you know about the coaches panel number 20 in the 50 most relevant tomorrow and for some they think he's way too high and shouldn't even be in the 50 because he just doesn't stay on the park enough i don't care he's in my top 20 <laughs>